Welcome to the Picky Girl Travels Podcast, the show for Black women who want more out of life and to live it as they see fit. The message here is all about defying convention, embracing adventure, and regretting absolutely nothing. I am your host, Adelia Borchade of PickyGirlTravelsTheWorld.com. Uh, yes, this is a live podcast episode. I've never done one of those before, and I don't know if I'm ever going to do this again, but uh, the topic that I wanted to discuss really fit in line with um, what I normally talk about here on the podcast. So I thought it needed to be a podcast episode, but because it's a Wednesday, this is the night I typically go live on YouTube, so I thought I would combine them both. Uh, from the title, you can see we're going to be talking about uh, living life uh, as a single person. Like, what does that look like? Um, and by that, I mean, you know... I got married when I was 19 and I stayed married for about 20 years. So for half of my life, I'm trying, I'm trying to do the math in my head to see if it was a little bit more or a little bit less of my less than half, but we'll just go with half for half of my life. I was partnered. So when it came to handling emergencies, uh, hospitalizations, things like that. Um, I had a built-in person, you know. Now, would he have handled things properly? I don't even know, okay? But because I was married and because I was married for so long, I had that built in. Well, you know, life, life can change at any moment. And I took control of mine and I got a divorce and that, and I have been divorced for six, seven years, seven years. And so for the last seven years, I have been living life alone. I have been solo. Y'all know I am a, a, a big proponent of solo travel, but I don't know, do we have enough conversations about what it means when you live life solo. Um, I don't expect to be partnered ever again. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. But uh, for the last seven years, and at least for the foreseeable future, it's just me. And that means if there is an emergency, if there is a problem I'm kind of on my own to handle it. You know, I really, not only did I not expect that, I didn't expect to be living life alone and be doing it in another country away from the handful of relatives I have. Um, I don't know about you, but I have a very, very small family. Like literally it is me and my children. I do not have parents who are living. I do not have siblings who are alive. Uh, I don't have much extended family. So the fact that I live in another country 
if there is a problem, if there is an emergency, that adds another layer, you know, of complication to navigate. And so that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, and since this is a live, those of you who are watching this live on YouTube, you know, feel free to contribute your questions uh, or, you know, things that you're doing um, to help navigate this as well. I don't know. This, this feels very dim. I'm trying to, I guess my lights. Oh, no, that's not it. Okay. I'm, if you're listening to this, I'm playing with the lights a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. But yeah, if you're here live, um, you know, I, I, I want you to contribute to this conversation as well. Um, so yeah. And I think the this is a topic that really can fit a lot of us who live away from family or the people who would naturally fill these roles for us. Um, maybe you don't live outside the country like I do, but you live in a different state. You know, the United States is a huge country. You could live in Alaska and the rest of your family lives in Florida. You know, their ability to help you, to support you is going to be hindered by that difference. Um, and it's really not about age, um, although age does factor in to it for me. I have a birthday coming up on Monday. I am nearing, you know, one of those big uh, milestone birthdays and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So if, if I don't repartner, I will be aging alone in another country. Like, how do you navigate that? How do you uh, put things in place to, you know, support that? You know, how do you build in contingencies? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And okay, I'm streaming this directly on YouTube instead of StreamYard, where I typically do. And it just did something weird to me. Okay. So we're back. Um, you know, because of the work I do with people who are aspiring to leave the U.S. and live in other countries, um, one of the things I often talk about, uh, if you watch videos from Stephanie Perry, she talks about it. Uh, same with uh, Rashida Dow of Sheeta's on the Loose, is the importance of creating community. You know, when we move somewhere else, that's going to be true if you're moving across the country or across the globe. You have to connect with other people. I think primarily we think about it in, okay, I need to connect with the other Black women there so I can find out where can I get my hair done? Where can I get my nails? Done? You know, like stuff like that. But um, in the event that something goes wrong, your, your local community are going to be your first responders. And if you are living your life alone in such a way that you have not 
made an effort to create community, like that could have some really, really bad consequences. Uh, and I've mentioned to y'all on more than one occasion, being an introverted introvert, I struggle like talking to people I don't know and, and doing that whole thing. But even somebody as introverted as I am, I recognize the importance of you know, having some community ties, uh, you know, just in case shit hits the fan and things don't go the way you hope. Um, recently here in Mexico City, in our Black expat community, we had a member where there was some concern about um, whether or not they were okay, people hadn't heard from them. And, you know, like, how do you proceed in that? Uh, this is a person who has lived in this city for a really long time, yet people, there wasn't someone who had been appointed as this person's contact. There wasn't someone who could tell us specifically where this person lived. Like, you know, so in order to do a, um, like a wellness check, it, all of those things were hard to do. So that kind of pushed this issue to the forefront of my mind. This is actually something I have really thought about since I found myself divorced and living life alone, like, well, what happens if I, I die in my sleep? Like, you know, like who's going to know to come looking for me? So I'm, I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff, but the recent events here kind of push that to, uh, push that to the forefront. Okay. I see Tracy says, I'm single. I live in Spain. I've made friends with a few people. A friend has my spare key, family member's phone number in the event that they don't hear from me in a few days. Yeah. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about, um, is having that in place. And, you know, especially because I had been married for so long, this was something I never had to think about before. And so all of a sudden I did. So you're, you're on top of things, Tracy. Good on you. Um, D says, I'm a very extroverted ext introvert. So I have no problem connecting with folks, uh, just like my alone time. Uh, so whenever I land in a place, I make some besties, develop a concrete plan with them. And I think that's the big thing. You have to make a plan. You have to make a conscious effort to do it. You just can't leave this up to chance because that you're, you're dooming yourself there. Um, so like that's, that's, I think the first place we start, do you have a plan? Do you have someone who, you know, cause they're, cause we're looking at a variety of scenarios here. We could be talking about you becoming sick. You know, we're in year three. We're starting year three of the pandemic. Y'all, this is my third pandemic birthday. That hurts my heart to even say. Uh, but we are we are still officially in a pandemic. And so, you know, with that, we saw what happened, you know, where where people were becoming ill, especially in the expat community. Um, there were people who kind of just dropped off and we didn't know, well, who do you call? Who should we email? That sort of thing. So you definitely have to have a plan. 
Um, so, you know, like if you're sick, if you're incapacitated or injured, like if you go missing or, you know, if you, if you, if you die. Um, and so do you have a plan and do your people know the plan? Cause so those are two things. Um, one of the things I did before I, did I? No, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I didn't do this before I moved abroad the first time, but I, I did this definitely when I moved to Mexico City the first time. I'd been abroad for about a year. Uh, I went to the U.S. or I passed through the U.S. before I moved here to Mexico City the first time back in 2017. And one of the things I did was I made sure that my my people had each other's numbers because they are not the only thing that connects them is me so i made sure that the family member the best friend kid one that they all had each other's phone numbers and email addresses so that whomever of them got the call or figured out something wasn't right, they could contact the other ones easily. And then I made a list of all of their contacts and I had it put on my refrigerator in my apartment in Mexico City, thinking that if something happened to me, like I died in the apartment and, or, um, you know, like, I was run over by a bus or whatever the deal was that once they figured out who I was and they, um, you know, tracked back to the apartment and they're like, okay, so who do we contact for this foreigner? There is a list that literally says Adelia Aborashade's contacts and it lists each one of them and their relationship to me. Um, I also made sure that my people have my landlord's information, how to contact him, what my address is here, because, you know, they know I live in Mexico City, but where? This is a city of 21 million people. Okay, so I see, I see the comments are going, so let me jump in there real quick to see. Um, Okay, so Tracy did the same thing. The family member has the friend's name. So if they don't hear from me, you know, they can reach out to each other. Um, oh, this is this is slow when I'm running this through directly through YouTube. Um, okay. I'm going to have to make an adjustment to that. Our Black Utopia just filled out their living will with their intentions today. That's the thing. Um, I make a habit of having those conversations with my oldest daughter, with my best friend, with my cousin, with the people who are in my circle, my people, Team Adelia. That's how I refer to them. I make I make a habit of having those conversations, which I know is not, these are not things people want to talk about every day, but people need to know what you want. They need to know what your intentions are. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> Celeste says, this sounds like an untapped service that should be created, quite possibly. Uh, oops, okay. I don't like the comments that when I go straight through YouTube. So this is making me rethink this for the future. Okay, so Mary Dean makes a, a, a good point. A living will might be good to have. Not sure about the legalities in Mexico. Okay, and actually about a year ago this week, I did a interview on this podcast with a lawyer, Courtney, about wills and that kind of stuff. And it is linked in the description and I'll drop the link here. Good. Y'all, this is, this is before the podcast was video as well, but it is definitely worth a listen. And you are right. Uh, a document drafted in the United States specific to the state that you are in, they, um, you know, what's the legality of that going to be in the, especially for those of us who live outside the U.S., what is the legality going to be? Um, I, and this is one of the reasons I have made a conscious choice to have my, to keep my assets in one country. I am not doing things that is adding assets to my life, you know, like property, a bunch of bank accounts with money in it, stuff like that here in Mexico, because that would then uh, require me to have those kind of legal documents here as well. And I don't know that my children are going to be coming to Mexico to chase down money. So um, my, my big concern is that the people in Mexico or whatever country I happen to be living in at the time know how to uh, reach and connect with my people stateside who, who know where the accounts are. They know what assets there are. They know what my wishes are for how I would like to be treated or if I want my body returned to the United States, which I don't. Um, and this is a conversation I've had multiple times uh, with, with my people, with, with Team Adelia. Okay. So yes, you do raise a good point. Um, Okay, uh, Celeste, I didn't know you used to be a 911 operator. Um, okay, F. This thing just scrolled up on me again. Okay, F. Doctor, I saw your comment. Where did it go? Okay, here it is. I'm back. You keeps I C O E in case of emergency contacts and mobile phone. Email it to yourself. Don't forget to scan. Email important documents to yourself. Trusted friend. Uh, yes, I have a friend who has, we've set up a, um, a Google Drive where I have been added so that I can access their important documents, that sort of thing. Um, okay. All right. I caught up on the comments there. So, so yeah, that, that was the, the first foray into that is I made sure that there was a, um, the list of contacts on my refrigerator, um, there. And I try to have, um, that same paper, like inside of maybe a bag, maybe on my phone, something like that. Like, 
I, you know, the phone thing, I don't feel comfortable putting my fingerprint on my phone. Uh, but I do in, in my packet of documents that, uh, my people have, somebody's got the code to my phone because somebody needs to be able to access that, you know, if I'm, if I'm not here, I don't know what the Mexican police's ability is as far as like cracking a cell phone. Um, so if I, you know, we were talking about the pandemic and people becoming sick and what, you know, what your wishes are for being treat treated and that sort of thing. Um, I did a video about um, like how to handle emergencies abroad, which I did not grab a link for. And if you haven't watched that video, you really, really should. And we talk about, you know, the importance of knowing what's the hospital that if something happens to you, where do you want to be taken? Because all hospitals are not created equally, especially if you live in a country like Mexico, where there is a public system and there's a private system. Um, you know, the, the kind of in health insurance I have here in Mexico is hospital specific, kind of in the same way that a lot of the policies are in the U S in network, out of network kind of a thing. Um, you know, making sure that your local community, that there's some person who knows where that information is. Uh, in a country like Mexico, particularly, um, there is an expectation that your family, your community will facilitate like hospital, that sort of thing. So like my, the person who has uh, the key to my apartment here also knows the name of my insurance company. And I've told them like where my important documents are. Like when you come into the apartment, look into the go bag here, you'll find X, Y, and Z. So again, that just kind of underscores that your people know not, not only that they are your people, but that they also know what the plan is and what their role is supposed to be. What about having a fireproof water resistant safety box or bag to store documents, jewelry, cash in your home in case of emergency? That is uh, a choice a lot of people make. Um, I know someone who had such a box and then lost the key. So, you know, like <laughs> there's that for me in the life that I live, uh, because I live in a place where um, it is seismically active. I made a choice to keep my now my people in the U.S. have copies of those documents. They also have access to digital copies of those documents. But my originals, the ones that I keep and use in my daily life, they're in my go bag. Because if there is an earthquake and my building becomes unsafe, I need all of my important stuff right there by the door so that I can grab it and, um, you know, get out of here. Um, Thank you, Janella. She said, uh, this is the best video I've seen day to date regarding emergencies abroad. Like, yeah, definitely y'all check out that video. And after this is over, I'll make sure that I put a link to it in the description. 
Um, and then, uh, what was it? Was it August? I can't remember when I, I did a video on um, the 10 money moves to make before you move abroad. Because yes, you know, like your emergency contacts need to be contacted if something happens to you. Um, you know, like you break your leg, you end up in a hospital. But at the same time, um, we especially those of us who live abroad, if somebody needs to get to you, like in the video about handling emergencies, we talk about how if you are in a local public hospital, there is an expectation that your people are going to bring you food, that your people are going to have linens for your bed, that kind of thing. Okay, so you know, your, lo your local circle, depending who those people are, may not have a great deal of resources to assist you. And you need somebody from your team from the States to, um, to get there. Well, I can't assume that my folks have the money to buy a last minute flight. Okay. So I want them I don't want them to be trying to juggle their finances, trying to figure out how am I going to get down there to help Adelia. So I want to remove that as a as a, an obstacle. So in the video that I did called uh, 10 Money Moves to Make Before Moving Abroad, um, in that video, I talk about what are some of your options. Like, uh, I have a trusted person that is an authorized user on my credit card so that if something happens and they don't have to worry about their money, they're like, Hey, I can, I can go, I can buy this ticket, uh, go get Adelia or go see about her needs, you know, help her rehabilitate rehab, what have you. Um, I also, let's say, you know, cause we, we hear people talk about like, um, power of attorney and all of those kinds of things. Um, the power of attorney is good while you're alive, but what happens if you die? Can somebody access your funds, the appropriate people access your funds if you are deceased. And so those are some of the things that I talk about in that video, 10 money moves to make before you move abroad. Okay. Christine says, paying close attention. I move around my environment a bit too freely, but aware I have it. I'm getting older, 66 in good shape, but I don't want to feel old, but I will gather some peeps. Yeah. It's just, you need, you need somebody, even if the local person's job is just to get in touch with the people back home, whoever those people might be. But you you need somebody. And I, I want to say, in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, someone asked about like, well, what happens when you don't have anyone? Like, um, I, this is, we hear about... Um, really wealthy people. And like, it's their lawyer that handles all of this stuff. I don't, I'm not saying that to say that you have to be wealthy to have that, but that's who I typically hear about that. And so, you know, if you don't have people, let's say the people in your life are trifling, 
and you don't want them involved in your business. Like they're part of the reason you moved abroad in the first place or you moved out of state. Um, this might be some an area where you hire a professional. You literally hire somebody to be your to be your person, to be in your circle, you know? Um, somebody was asking about natural disasters in Mexico. Um, remember, Mexico is almost the size of the United States. So there are parts of it that get, you know, hurricanes. Uh, where I live in Mexico City, you know, we, we, we do get earthquakes. We had the earthquake alarm went off last week. We couldn't actually feel anything, but the earthquake alarm went off. Uh, so, you know, yeah, every place uh, y'all are talking to a former geography teacher here. I could tell you about how every, every place on earth has advantages and disadvantages to living there, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And that you just got to find the place that you can live with. You know, um, I never thought I'd be living in a place prone to earthquakes, but here I am. So, so yeah, um, having, having things in place so that the people you want to have access to your money, whether you are incapacitated, temporarily injured, you are missing, or if you are deceased, having that stuff in place, um, you know, ahead of time so that, because if not, you know, like, I don't, I don't even want to think about what the alternative is when you don't have those things lined up. Um, the incident that had happened here in Mexico City with a member of the expat community, one of the things that, um, uh, I think is just as important of like, who are your emergency contacts? Who are the people that your local circle or your local support should be contacting? Who are the people they should not be contacting? You know, I feel almost like I'm a poster child for this, but um, of, of, of dysfunction and whatnot. But just because somebody is related to you doesn't mean like you want them involved in whatever your situation is. And so if you are estranged from people, uh, family members, uh, you need to make sure that the people on your team, the people in your circle know, like if this person comes sniffing around, do not tell them anything. Do not, you know, like, because here's the thing. Um, I, privacy is important. And just because someone goes missing or someone is injured doesn't mean we just put all their business out on the internet. You know, you still want to honor people and honor their privacy. So as you are making sure that your people are connected and they know who to talk to, also that they know who not to talk to. Like I've had several conversations with my daughter about, Okay, this is what you do when I die. And I don't care what your daddy says. He's not allowed to participate in X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, because that is my wish. I don't, I don't want that happening. So, um, <laughs> no, uh, all, all as, as Celeste says, 
not all family is good family, okay? And so you need to make sure that the people on your team know what's up. Um, okay. Uh, and as I've said this a couple of times, like, what are your wishes? What, what are your preferences? Um, I have had the talk with my people multiple times. It is also in my will. It is also in my, uh, is it the advanced directive, which I, I don't necessarily believe is going to be legally binding here in Mexico, but I want, I want it to be available for people to know what it is that I want. And, um, those of you that live abroad or those of you that are planning a move abroad can probably identify with this. There is the assumption that, well, of course, you'll want to be brought back home, your passport country, the country you left. Um, that is a faulty assumption in my case. I do not wish to be returned to the United States. If I am injured, like we, we have this conversation uh, on this channel and in this podcasting space, as well as in my uh, solo travel Facebook group about your need for travel insurance, your need for travel health insurance, that if something were to happen and you be medically evacuated, I what I find is Expats, their people make the assumption that you want to be evacuated back to the United States, that that's where you want to get your medical care. That is not true for me. I cannot afford to be treating serious medical issues in the United States. I do not have U.S. health insurance. So I had to sit down with my people and say, do not bring me to the United States. I need medical treatment either where I am or in Mexico, a place where I can probably afford it. Uh, same thing with my remains. I do not want to be like, you know, to return a body intact to the United States. I think you're dropping at least 50K, I think. Um, but whatever the amount is, whatever money is left after I've done you know, living my best life out here. I don't want it to be wasted on bringing my body back to the United States because I want to be cremated anyway. So I have, I have had this conversation more than once. Cremate me either where I die or in Mexico, wherever that is, cremate me there. And then you can bring me back in your carry on, you know, like, I'm not sure it's 50K, but I know it is some ridiculous amount of money. And why spend the money, whatever money there is left when I go out, why spend it for something like that? Just so you can bring me back to the U.S. to cremate me? It's, I, I would bet, I would bet it is probably cheaper to cremate me wherever I died. So, um, you know, again, that just underscores having those conversations knowing what your wishes are and making sure that your people know. 
Now, I am curious for those of you who are here live, um, if there is anything else that, um, you know, like any other um, safety mechanisms that you've put into place or that you're consider considering. Okay. I see in the comments, y'all are, a lot of you are on the same page that I am. So I am curious, or even if you have questions, uh, I'm not sure that I'm qualified to answer them, but I will, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, yeah, you know, um, to preempt my family, I pay for cremation ahead of time, including international travel. Family hates spending money, so they would be happy it's paid for. Now, Patricia D., do they know where to find those documents? Do they know the name of the company? Do they have the phone numbers for who they're supposed to call? Like my grandmother and my mother both don donated their bodies to science. So um, in the paperwork I have for my mother, uh, luckily she had this paperwork because my mother, several of you have heard me mention, my mother had a stroke when she was, I believe, 57 think so. I, if I could do math in my head, I'd do the math real quick to give you the correct answer, but I think it was 57, late fifties. Okay. So she had a stroke, um, that she never fully recovered from. There was cognitive damage. There was physical disability. I knew she had mentioned in passing that she was going to do the same thing that her mother had done, which was donate her body to science. So I knew that's what she wanted. I knew that was the plan. But she never gave me the number. She never told me the organization. Luckily, I got into the safe deposit box, went through the paperwork and found the name of the place. But so this is something I get on my cousin about. She has prepaid all of her uh, funeral arrangements. And I'm like, OK, but who knows who they're supposed to call? Because if y'all know that you've got family that can be trifling or, you know, just a little contrary to and may balk at carrying out your wishes as you left them, um, if if you can't get in touch, if the if the person with a little bit of sense can't get in touch with the people you made the arrangements with, making the arrangements is all for naught. Okay. So that's my question, Patricia D. If your people know who they should call when the time comes. <laughs> Our black utopia said, don't spend my money on any BS, have a party, drink champagne, sprinkle me over some body of water and I won't haunt you. I, one of the things on my to-do list, it's not at the top of it, but one of the things on my to-do list is literally to write out what are acceptable um, celebrations of life. Uh, I've had a couple of times, there've been something that came across my feed, like folk, okay, I don't want to offend anybody, but there've been several like posts or programs or things like that. And I will direct them to my people and be like, do not, I do not want this. Do not do this. Do not use this wording. But I have contemplated, I am, going to write, and I need to get on this because, you know, <laughs> we don't know how much time we have. I do plan on writing my own obituary. Now, whether they use it or not, 
I have no control over. But there will not be a question of what did Adelia want? So I'm planning on doing that. And I have contemplated like outlining. These are acceptable songs. These are photos you can use. Uh, these are people who should not attend whatever event y'all choose to have. You know, I've contemplated that. And again, I'll be gone. They could completely ignore me, but nobody will ever be able to say we didn't know what a deal you wanted. Okay, checking the comments here. Um, <laughs> Celeste says, I told my son if he spends money on an expensive coffin, coffin and service, I will come back to haunt him. Um, this was one of actually my big fears when I was married and my children were minors because he and I did not agree on this. And this should have told me I was not married to the right person, but you know, I'm a slow learner and I expressed what my wishes were. And I knew that if I died before he did and the kids were young, he would completely ignore what I wanted and go for what is absolutely not what I would have wanted. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't control anything, but you know, I, I will say there were lots of times and this is, this is, I had to deal with when my mother had her stroke, my mother had a stroke. Then she had multiple heart attacks it, it was a whole thing. And there were several conversations we had about, well, do we know what she would have wanted? Because I do believe on the whole, your people want to honor you. They want to fulfill your wishes. But a lot of times folks don't know what they are. So no, I'm not going to lose sleep over worrying about will they do or not do the thing I wanted. But what I, I will die knowing comfortably is that in case they did want to honor my wishes, they had the information to do that. Okay, D makes a good point. Make sure you keep those investment account beneficiaries up to date. Um, very small family, so folks have passed away, had to remember to add friends and their key kids, easy to forget. I will, as, as, as a money person, as a financial person, let's let the ambulance go by. I will also add that whatever you do with the beneficiaries of your financial accounts, insurance policies, anything that you can name a beneficiary, those assets go to the named beneficiary and they do not have to go to probate. And if you're like, what are you talking about? Probate? Check out that episode of the podcast, What You Need to Know About Wills. Uh, I dropped it in the chat. It is also in the description. Uh, Courtney does a very good job of talking about how that works and, and what you need to make sure you do. Angela, you are right. People get emotionally charged after a death. It's best to have those details spelled out and have those details accessible to the decision-making parties. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Solicitors or ex wanted matching tombstones. No, sir. 
he would have totally ignored your wishes as well. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm not alone being married to the wrong person. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what was on me this week. It, again, like I said, as I watched things unfold here and I saw people scrambling for like this person and, and we can talk about this. This person hadn't been in contact in X number of days. Like, hold on, y'all. Uh, I'm blocking a troll right quick. I think I should have. Yeah, I'm... There's a delay on my end, but I think I have blocked them. Okay, I did. Um, yeah, I lost my I lost my train of thought. Okay, yes, about like this person had been out of contact, and there was a little bit of a debate about like just because you haven't heard from this person in X number of days. Does that mean that something has happened? So uh, one of the people on Team Medelia, who is also like me, living life solo um, and will probably end up aging solo as well, we've had conversations about like, what is the appropriate amount of time that if I don't hear from you, I should become concerned or discussing like having a check-in schedule, even if, because, you know, when you're really, really tight with somebody, you don't have to talk to them every day, you know, because y'all just pick up where you left off. But when you are living life solo, when you don't have a partner or maybe you don't have adult children or what have you, um, I think this is something you need to consider. So, you know, we talked about how, how many days, you know, if I don't hear from you from this many days, should I be concerned? Or, hey, I'm periodically just going, you know, because everybody's got life to live. I'm going to send you a message just to say, hey, just checking in. Like, that's the other thing. It's not just about, I think, like what the people on your team do for you. Like, I take my position as someone's person very, very um very, very seriously. Like if I'm the person here in the city that has the key to your apartment and I'm, I've not heard from you in X number of days, I'm starting things in motion and I'm trying to get my muster up and get my Spanish together so I can go over there and talk to those people and explain why I need to be let in so that I can do a welfare check, you know? Um, I, I take my role in that way uh, very, very seriously. So uh, just like we do need a team that's going to back us up, we have to make sure that, you know, we're playing our position on someone else's team. Um, so that is a conversation to have, like, what should trigger concern? Because as an introverted introvert, there are times when I don't want to people. I am peopled out and I want to be left alone. Um, and so, you know, I think it's important for the people in your circle, the people on your team to know, like, is this person really 
Like, did they go missing or did they just pull back because they had had to deal with too many people for too long? You know, that kind of thing. Um, is your team aware of your upcoming travels or just alerted during an emergency? Okay. The people on team Adelia are also part of the travel team as well, which, uh, you know, things have slowed down over the last, uh, over the pandemic. But prior to that, I'm sure they got tired of getting emails from me. I mentioned this in several videos on this channel, and I have a whole um, playlist on like solo traveling tips, tricks, that kind of stuff. But I've mentioned to y'all several times that I use the app TripIt. And even if you don't use the paid version, you can do this with the free version. In TripIt, Everything for my trip goes there. The confirmation for the hotel, the Airbnb, the flight, whatever tours I'm doing, all of that stuff goes there. And one of the things you can do is in the app, or if you're using it on a, on a computer, you can share it, it either with people who are also going to be on the trip or just these are people who, so they can see everything. So when I... And putting together all of my stuff from my itinerary or whatever. And right before I leave, I go to TripIt. It triggers an email to them and they have all of my travel plans that way because, you know, I travel solo. I have traveled places where cell phone signals don't exist. I've been off back roads by myself in the desert, what have you. And so they have all of my travel information and this saves me like having to compile that stuff into an email because TripIt does it for me. They have the hotel, the, the contact number, all of that. But I also update it as I travel. So I may get to a location and decide, oh, there's this neighborhood I want to check out. I'm going to wander around this neighborhood. I will add that to my itinerary as an activity in TripIt so that if they're trying to trace the breadcrumbs to figure out where was she, they can go back and say, oh, okay, her plan was to go here and there. And, and, and my best friend, you know, she's been on Team Adelia the whole time. I was in, I can't think of what country I was in, but I was making stuff up on the go. And she was like, okay, just make sure I know. And I was like, I'm updating the trip. She was like, okay, cool. You know, like, so she, they have been trained to know that if something happens while I am traveling, or like, even if it's not something on my end, that something has happened to me, but that they need to get in touch with me for some reason. Um, this works the other way too. The best friend was in Bali and she hadn't checked in. And I had left a message, what have you, like I wasn't getting anything. And so here I am pulling up TripIt and I called the hotel <laughs> and I was like, is such and such still checked in here? Blah, blah, blah. Turns out she had gone on some tour or something, but yes, I use TripIt for that purpose. So there is someone, I think that's the important thing about living life alone, doing life solo, somebody has to know where you are. Somebody has to know what your plans are. Now, if 
the person you have, you're thinking like, oh, I don't, they just, they're not going to support what I'm trying to do. They're just going to give me all this backlash or whatever. Then they shouldn't be on your team. Okay. The folks who should be on your team should be cool with this. Um, so yeah, uh, they, as travel is picking up, they're starting to get a few more of those emails. But uh, over the last two years, things have settled down. But I'm sure they were sick of me getting those emails from TripIt. Okay. All right. I thought I saw uh, another question here, but maybe I didn't. Okay. I have a friend who understands how much of an introvert I am. So she calls me at least once a week to check on me. Truly appreciate her. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, if you are the introvert, you know, it's important to have that person. And if you're the person of the introvert to understand that, uh, you know, you do need to, you, you got to have some kind of system in place so that y'all can keep tabs on each other and make sure, um, make sure everything kosher is, is kosher. I, the, I've talked about, trip it in several videos. Like there's a video, if you go to the channel and you go to the playlist and I'm trying to think, do I have a short link? Let's see if I have a short link to that playlist. No, I don't have a short link to that playlist. So I need to get one, but I do have this solo travel playlist in it. There's a video I did on like how to stay safe traveling solo. And then there's another video I did about like 12 apps, uh, that, you know, I use when traveling. I talk about TripIt, I think in both of those, um, when I travel solo to London and Rome, I gave my friends copy, passport, father's number. Yes. Um, again, the, you know, because you are entrusting these people with your like most private information, that sort of thing, you know, you do want to make sure that they are good folks. But yes, I had pictures of the BFF's passport. And at one point, I know she had mine. I don't know if she still does. But in the packet of imp Adelia's important papers, there is a copy of my passport, which I guess I'll have to update because I need to get a new passport. Okay, Celeste says, my son and I said that we would get friendship lamps when I move. Touching the light will change the color to basically say, I was thinking of you if I don't change the color. Oh, that's cool. So one lamp is in one location and one lamp is in the other. That's an awesome way to communicate. That is awesome. Okay. All right. So um, that's really all I have tonight, y'all. I'm, I'm double checking my notes before I tell y'all that. Uh, I think it is. I think that is all I have for tonight. Thank you for uh, joining me on this live podcast episode. I don't know if this is going to be a thing. Um, 
Thanks to everybody who has supported me and the Picky Girl Travels podcast. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure that you like it, click subscribe. If you are listening to this on a podcatcher, um, if you can rate the podcast or review it, that would be awesome. That helps people find us. Um, if there is someone you think who would benefit from hearing this podcast, share the episode with them. Hey, bet. Share the episode with them. Um, and if, if you're like, hey, but Adelia, I would love to support you financially, you can do that as well. I see Patricia D has done that with a super chat. I remember the word super chat. Um, there is a link in all podcast episodes uh, where you can become a patron of the podcast over on Anchor, or you can um, buy me a hot chocolate. There is a link in the description as well as above if you want to do that. And I think that's it, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>